Welcome back to the All Ball Podcast. We have another exciting episode this week. Me and Justin are going to do more NBA and more football. You know, the season is just around the corner, and we're going to start there today with the NBA. So, um, let's. So, how do you want to kick it off, Justin? I mean, I think it'd be interesting. You know, we're in the latest, like the final stages of the off season. Give out like this time next week, the NBA season will have started. Uh, yeah, opening night is next Tuesday. We're filming this Wednesday morning. I think it'd be good for us to give our finals predictions just right off the bat. We went through who we think is going to make the playoffs. Each of us, we went through awards. I think getting down, hammering down who we think is going to win the finals, who we think is going to be in the finals. I think that'd be a good thing to hit home on. Okay. Uh, well, I can I can start. Um, you know, with with the recent news of the honest extension, which we could touch on later or save for another time. Um, you know, I'm going to take the Bucks to make the finals out of the East. Um, you know, I look around the East. I think the Celtics don't have it. I think uh, the Heat. It's not the type of thing you'd see twice in a row. Um, with all due respect to them, like the Raptors, no, the Sixers, probably not. Um, the Sixers might be my, um, and I guess the Nets would be the one other team. And I might argue that they need another year. And I just think, um, you know, at a certain point, they'll, the Bucks are kind of due to bust through. So I'll be taking the Bucks, and I'll be taking them to lose against the Lakers, you know, just until, until I'm proven otherwise, you know, like. The, Those are the two best teams, two best yeah. odds. I mean, it's uh you really can't talk about the final picture without highlighting those two teams. Uh, for me, though, I am I'm going with one of the teams that you mentioned as a, like a potential. I'm going Lakers, Sixers, and then Lakers yeah. and Six. Uh, I think that they got rid of the pieces that they needed to. Coach Al Horford brought in some really nice pieces with Tobias, like uh, not Tobias Harris, with Seth Curry, with Danny Green that really complement them, and then Doc Rivers over Brett Brown. I that think that takes is, them over the edge. Is- that team is dangerous for sure. I think it's interesting that we both look at them as like a, oh, wow, this team significantly got better. You know, it's interesting when a team gets significantly better, but none of your, I don't know, four or five best players even changed. You know, it, it's just like yeah. a situation. But 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 it's undeniable. Way better GM, way better coach, the right type of supporting cast. But ultimately, it's still Ben, Joel, and Tobias. And ultimately, that's the reason why I don't think they'll make the finals. I can definitely see that. And, you know, Doc has Doc's won a title, but he's also shown the propensity to underachieve with his teams, as we yeah, saw he, with the Clippers last he's season. Been, he's potentially the most overrated coach in the league. And with that being said, he's still a great coach. And yeah. and if you listen to the podcast last week, I picked him to win coach of the year. But because but a lot of that's based on public perception, to be fair. But mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, I mean, there's something there. It, it, look, honestly, if someone had the track record that Doc has had, over the last, let's say, decade, so excluding the 08 Celtics run, mm-hmm. it's terrible. I yeah. mean, you have some amazing talent. You continually, like, shit the bed, you know? Uh, no, agreed. A, a bunch of coaches would kill to have those Clippers teams he had, and then, uh, like, not even just last season with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and then he goes to the Sixers, and he's got two top 20 players, a really good GM – or not a good GM, a good player uh, – director of player personnel and Daryl Morey helping him make moves. Call what you want. Yeah. You you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then now they got a bunch of good complimentary guys to go around them. I think that Eastern conference finals needs to be part of it. I know that the nets are still there. The bucks obviously still there, but this is a team that you can't have a disappointing second round exit in my opinion, in my opinion. So next I would like to, 
I'd like to go through and just some like favorite bets you have might have for the season. We have we touched on just playoffs and stuff, but like you know, title odds, conference division champs, over under wins and stuff. I'll start out my favorite for to win the East. I love the Sixers at plus eight fifty. Yep. And then a little little sprinkle of bets on Hawks and Pacers plus fifty five hundred. I just looked at it and it's just like, no, no, I just it, like a little sprinkle. It's not the same as like what I would put on the Sixers, but I saw the drop down and I just like, these teams are, these teams have like real players. I'm all in for the, I'm all in for the sprinkle, but you may as well sprinkle those dollars into the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But like the uh, 500, I don't know if the drop off between the Sixers and them is that, is that massive? I think, uh, I think, the NBA is all about having those guys. So the Pacers have no chance to me because they have, they don't have a guy, mm-hmm. but the Hawks have a chance. Like Steph Curry made the finals as the best player of the team. But of course he had like Clay Draymond and Iguodala. I don't think the Hawks have any of that. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, for some that I like, um, I like, I think I said this last week. I like Jokic MVP. It's a good long shot. Um, I like, I like the Nets to win the finals and the Sixers to win the finals, especially if you want to put it in before James Harden gets traded, because I have a hard time seeing where else he would go. And so if you have both those bets, Harden in one of them is going to look great, you know, after the fact. Um, Have a hard time thinking he plays out the whole season in Houston. But, you know, you never know. I mean, like, uh, could be like Anthony Davis situation where they literally just like bench him at the end of the year. Although the reason maybe not is because, like, even if he wants to be traded, if James Harden plays 60 games, they're going to make the playoffs regardless. Like, he almost can't help himself. He's too good. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, was looking, I was looking at Jokic to win MVP. I have it written down. It's actually plus 3,600. I thought yeah. that was a good bet. Same thing with Embiid, plus 3,000. Yeah. I thought those were two I like, good bets. I like Embiid, and I also like Ben Simmons in that same capacity. He's, like, plus 10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. So you want to say a guy like LeBron might not play the whole year. You want to say Giannis is voter fatigue. You want to say Harden is uh, a bit of voter fatigue and you don't know his situation. So him doing MVP seems almost impossible. And then it's like, so so who's the clear pick? It's Luka. But I don't think that it's reasonable to anoint Luka MVP this season. It's a bit early. Like, I'm not saying that he can't win it, but mm-hmm. for people to be calling in the offseason for him to have the second shortest odds and and – I think he's got he's got the shortest eyes on FanDuel, which is where we're pulling these from. Insanity. You, what, what about um? What about Damian Lillard? He was up there. I'm trying to pull this up right now. I don't know. Why. You know, he already has. Look, these these awards are super are super media driven, and he already and and he already has people in his corner like oh, Dame time, like underrated. You know, he had like the bubble. Yeah. What if they're a top four seed? He might Dame, get- Dame is plus nine nineteen hundred. Him and Kawhi have the same. He's right right below LeBron. Kawhi has no chance. Um, I, I thought of the favorites. AD would be the best pick, just value wise as well. Oh, okay. He was plus eight fifty, which is like two. Like, what is it? Giannis and Luca. Luca's plus four ten. Giannis is plus four fifty, and then it goes down to AD at plus eight fifty. So what's LeBron? LeBron is plus fifteen hundred. Oh, what? Yeah, it goes. Luca plus four ten, Giannis yeah, plus four eighty, eighty plus eight fifty. Him and Steph are the same. Harden plus a thousand, Durant plus thirteen hundred, and then LeBron plus fifteen hundred. First off, that seems crazy. Although I'm assuming like you know he's gonna rest a lot, but I yeah. do say like my thing. Look, in my head, it makes sense. LeBron doesn't want to score a lot, so AD averages thirty two a game. But in reality, it's like wait a minute. You're saying 
a guy on a LeBron team that isn't LeBron is going to win MVP. And that is where I have a hard time seeing it. And as I saw the same way last year, it's hard to, it's hard to see in a regular, in a regular year where he had it's a regular off season. And like we talked about, I like we've talked about for weeks. I don't think he plays a lot in the beginning of the season. And I do think that AD plays more and that's when he puts up those numbers. But but, but let me ask you, what does that mean? 72 game season. How many games is LeBron going to play? I think around like 50 to 58. I think closer to 58. You know, like, like, yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I think he can coast. This team is so good. Like it's so much better than last year. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, because I, I was about to say, if LeBron left, this team would not make the playoffs. Yeah, but then, and I offer the whole season, but the, he can pick and choose the spots. If you tell me, like, two out of every three games he's sitting, like, well, well, my thing, like, so if he only plays 50, so that's like, yeah, two out of three, like you said, he's only playing two out of three. And they go like 10 and 14 in those games or something like that. Like, now it's a bit of a crabby situation and you're not mm-hmm. going to get home court and all that. We'll see. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be more like 60 mm-hmm. out of 72. But we'll see. I also like, Portland to win the West at plus 2,800. Same thing we were talking about with like, you think Dame could possibly win the title, win uh, MVP at plus 1,900. I think it was. This team got a lot better. They have the coach to take them there. I think this is a team that can overachieve in the, in the regular season. And who knows, maybe even just continue that on because they now have, I think the weak spot they've had for years is the three spot, the wing spot where they can't really match up against a LeBron against those big against the forwards that you need to get through Kawhi, Paul George. Now they have that and they have the elite guard talent that I don't think anybody else in the West can match up with. Yeah. Well, well, I was, well, I was about to say um, the Rockets as of now could, Um, but yeah, but, uh, but just as an aside, but um, you know, that was the thing is because when you brought up the Blazers and you said it's similar to the Dame thing in my head, it's actually the opposite. It's it, of course it has a lot to do with Dame, but in my head, Dame is a bit of like a known entity. I kind of know what I'm getting in a good way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, it's like, what's the deal? Are we playing, a, am, are we getting to the playoffs and playing another seven man rotation? And and like two of the seven are like Gary Trent, who was actually a sniper on the bubble and like Lenny and Gabriel, like that's not going to cut it. So are we 10 deep now? And it's kind of seems like they are. And, you know, Lenny and Gabriel and Nasir Little and Zach Collins. And now these guys are like 24 instead of 21. And, you know, um, Look, I certainly think it's possible. It's just so freaking hard to win in the West. And I don't even know, like, like, dude, it's all about having the guy. Is Dame the guy? He really might be. He really might be. So, uh, yeah. I, of I don't the really- teams that could be, like, long shots, I think he's the guy, like, where you look at, like, you're saying you need the guy. I think he's the guy. He's the person that sticks out. And it's like, yep, that's, that's somebody I would back, and especially at those odds. I think Phoenix has a shot. Agreed. Agreed. Bringing in Chris Paul, even though uh, I don't – I don't know if you put them in the playoffs when we talked about it last week. I didn't. Oh, actually, maybe I do. They're, they're a team that's right on the bubble, and it's not like the them and whoever I had in the eight or seven seed. It's not that big of a, a Devin flip. Booker, Devin Booker and Aton. And I want to say this very lightly. Take this with a, with a tiny, <laughs> tiny bit of salt, like very mini Shaq and Kobe vibes. And then you get, and then you get um, Chris, Chris, Paul. Paul, Chris Paul in the mix, too. Man, it's just three players. Three players that complement each other extremely well, which you do not necessarily find in the NBA anymore. With like, um, like even the Bucks big three right now, for example, Drew, Giannis, Middleton. That's awkward, as far as I'm concerned. I think um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Aiton is like as perfect as it gets. Agreed on the uh, Giannis thing. Uh, I, I know it was like a side point that they. Uh, it seems like it might be, a, but that's the same thing with that's the same thing with Giannis with really anybody. I feel like because except for Luca, except. For, 
That's uh, what, I don't that's know. what everybody talks about is like the, as like the great fit, which yeah. I, I agree with. Yeah, it's just you need like if you're gonna be him, if you're gonna be Giannis, you need like shooters around him. And then when you look at the Suns, you have two guys that can work off ball, that can work on ball, both can shoot, and then you have eight and like big man doesn't need the ball in his hands, and both these guys can get him the ball in the pick and roll game in the post. You know what the problem with the Bucks is is that all three of them are secondary ball handlers, right? Like who's the guy? None of them. Mm-hmm. All three of them would rather be the second guy. So what do you do with the team with three second bananas? I don't know. Can you say Giannis is a secondary guy? The secondary ball handler. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Which I don't think is deniable because – Yeah, no, that that's – yeah, that's true. I, I mean, that's, I guess, what they're hoping Drew turns out to be because, yeah, you saw that last year where it was really, lack, it was really lacking yeah. and then they would give it to Eric Bledsoe and then and it just Eric became Bledsoe. a whole – Yeah, so well, – He's not even on the team anymore, but – all right, um – so does that does that cover it for for, for our um for our NBA bets? Do you have any other NBA stuff? I have two more. Uh, Golden State to miss the playoffs plus one fifty six is around even. I, I I I don't know that clay that clay loss is really bad, and this is a really tough West. And I don't know is Draymond is Draymond the same player? Is I, he... that's a good question. I have no idea. As for what I think about that bet, I think it's probably a bit of value. It's not enough for me. I would need 200 to, to ride out a Warriors to miss the playoffs. Thing. And then my last one is Hawks to win the South Southeast at plus six, uh, plus 600. So it's basically. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pull up the division. I, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. So it's really between them, the wizards and the heat. And, and the- like you, what? And the magic. And the magic. And the magic. I, I always, you know, just I don't give the magic their due. <laughs> like if you want to, like if the Bucks are a team of second bananas, like ball handlers, then um, then the magic are a team of like fourth. fourth <laughs> and just yeah. a ton of quality fourth best option guys. Vucevic mm-hmm. is a second. Is like a second or third option. But then it's like. Aaron Gordon, yeah, I kind of like him. Jonathan, I said, yeah, I kind of like him too. Fultz, hey, you never know. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like down the list. And it's like Fournier. Oh, it's like Fournier. Huh, he's okay. Wait, he averages 18 a game. You know what I mean? It's a lot of those he could be. Guys. He could be a guy where if you put him on the right team, he could be the third option probably on a championship team. Well, well a lot of these Euros, like, dude, I'll never forget when I found out the, the Jazz Bogdanovich was averaging 20 a game. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. No, just know how to put the ball in the hoop. Not many there's, other things. Look, yeah, there's room for that right now. The guy who wants to average 20 points, three rebounds, and one assist, and just mm. shoot from 17 times a game, and half of them are threes. There's definitely <laughs> places for that. No, I completely agree. It should be a great one. I can't wait for the season to start. All just right, six um, days away. Um, one, one more thing. Look, I, I don't want to, like, repeat takes that a lot of people have already said, but do you have anything to say about the Giannis extension outside of the fact that it's good for Milwaukee and arguably good for the league? Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we don't have to worry about this the rest of the year. I mean, talking heads, I'm sure, like First Take and Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, they they are pissed that they don't get to speculate on this the Dude. entire season. But I'm glad. I'm glad that this no, is a thing. And this is the guy that's like, you want to stop mobility in a sense, especially with the James Harden situation right now. This is this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, and it's it's nice to see some players stay. You know, like it, you know, dude. Sometimes I like find myself going on YouTube and like finding just some like the Dirk videos from his last year and like the type of respect he was getting around the league and stuff. Um, one other thing I want to say, I was listening to Bill Simmons' pod and he said something like, "Oh, one of the winners of this is Knicks fans." Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I seriously couldn't agree more. Like that was I actually I actually thought of that too. And he signed. It's like, yes, we don't have to do this dance because because I don't even think. 
what's so frustrating about it is I don't even think Knicks fans think that. I mean, maybe they talk themselves into it come March, but it's like it's like Bleacher Report and stuff like that, who's the ones writing the story. And it's the same Bleacher Report who might turn around and say, haha, Knicks fans really thought. No, you was the one posting. You know what I'm I, saying? No, I completely agree. I was of the belief that KD was coming. I, I actually thought that. But like Giannis, I, I did not think. I didn't I, – I thought this was a thing where it's just – Knicks are always just attached to that because of the fact that they, they have money. They're going to have money, and everybody's just like, oh, let's just put them in there because Knicks for clicks. And I'm, and, I'm and very like, glad. And, you know, of course I'm out on now, but like what if the Windhorst article started flying in in March? Would I have to talk myself into it? Yeah, I probably would, and it would honestly suck. So, you know, I'm glad. Uh, and – look, here's reality. We have to build this team ourselves. And if you build it the right way, you could get rewarded like a Brooklyn Nets where like. When those guys become available, they're like, I like this. And it's like, why go to a dumpster fire? Like half the thing is like, like a lot of, so like, let's say these two max guys like to go. It's like, okay, now we need a bunch of shit that we can create. Mm -hmm. And the Knicks don't have any of that. At least the Nets kind of have that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the, the more time that's passed and, like, the less salty I get about it, of course I understand why Durant and Kyrie wouldn't want to come to the Knicks. Last thing I want to say, because I was watching some preseason basketball last night. I don't know if you saw the the, the picture of James Harden going around. Dude, it, it, that, that's just not a great look. I, I have also another point to say, after, like, connecting them. But, All yeah. Right, well, let me – okay. First off um, – I have to make a comment about like unflattering angles and stuff. You know, there are mm-hmm. pictures that like, can make Ezekiel Elliott look fat too. Yeah. Um, it hardens also a bit of a play himself in the shape guy. But with all that said, I have no doubt in my mind that he lost in the bubble, went home and sat on the couch or at like the strip club yeah. <laughs> the whole time. No way he was doing anything else. I was looking at, I watched that game coming out of the third quarter. And he just looks so uninterested. I know it's preseason, but I got him just like really relaxed, basically playing. But then John Wall, I'm watching, and John Wall's going hard, and he looked good. I know it's preseason. I'm not going to overblow it. In the same fact that I'm not going to overblow it with James Harden looks bad or he looks fat, and the same way that John Wall looked really good. I'm not going to go like to completely different ends. Of well, the John but. Wall thing is real, though. You know, well, well, it's it's like if the like like speed. It doesn't matter if it's preseason or real, you know, yeah. you know what I'm like speed, like it is what it is. So if he looks, you know, like that, the only thing I, I, I would have to wonder is, okay, I'm glad to see that you can do it for one game. Now, can you do it for 82? And that's, that's like the real question for John Wall. I have to like, I don't know if you and I ever talked about it. I've been big on John Wall this entire rehab process. I had a feeling he would come back and be good. And so I hope he does. I always liked him. I didn't think he was going to be washed. I thought he'd be solid. Uh, we'll see where it goes, but he looked really good yesterday. Just moving, like look looked fast like that I, that was that was part of his to, game that was huge before he got injured and it's obviously been a staple for years think, besides the passing and he looked I, it, he I, looked think it. See, I think we're gonna see and this is my last point on it where i think we're gonna see some sort of like john wall 2.0 that's like 80 percent of the athleticism with like 10 percent better decision making and people are gonna say is this the best version of john wall and you're gonna have to think about it for a little bit but then you're gonna think about the old john wall and you're gonna say no that was probably the best version of john wall but it might yeah. be close Agreed, agreed. And that's all Houston's hoping for, especially when they get a first-round pick in return and get off Russell Westbrook's contract. How does Westbrook – how? How does he keep getting moved for first? It's insane. But, you know, whatever. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about the NFL. Yep. All right, welcome back. So now we're going to talk a little bit of NFL. But before we get into this upcoming week, uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, – 
the Browns Ravens game, which I am, I am calling the greatest regular season game of all time. So I'll start with you. I think it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. I remember that, that, that uh, Rams Chiefs game that we had on Monday night and I don't know. That one was so good. That one was so, so good. That game, that game comes to mind too, but let me tell you why this game is better because I think the Rams Chiefs game was just this offense scored and then this offense scored and then this offense scored. Whereas this game was way different. You know, the, the score ends almost as high, which, so if you like points, then both games are for you. But um, it's like the slipping on the field, the like the Lamar in and out of the locker room, the <laughs> random trace play, the like, the, the all just the crazy stuff, the picks, the the you know, just um, just crazy. Every time I look at the TV, something crazy was happening. You know, it was like, and I had Browns plus three. I want to say plus three, not three and a half. So I was going to push it best. There's one of those things, man. It's like all you can do is laugh after that. You know, I didn't like, I didn't have a ton of money on it, so I wasn't like hurt. You know, it's just like. Man, it was a fantastic game, and the bad beat didn't go my way. It is what it is. But what you know, I had such a great time watching that game. I really did. I was, I was genuinely like, some of these plays would happen, and I would honestly just start laughing. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Like you know, for example, um, this hurts us, Penn State guys, but but like, like Trace comes in and makes a couple great plays, and then it's third down. He just tears his ACL. Like it's crazy. And then Lamar comes in from the locker room the next play, like a Willis Reed moment on fourth down as a 50 yard touchdown, the Rams chief games was having none of that. That's just a lot of like fancy, you know, 50 yard plays. And that's why I think it's such a great game. I will say that Sherry thankfully only a knee sprain, a mild knee sprain. Oh, yeah. as to, it did look really bad at the, at, at the moment when it I happened. See, and I was I'm, really sad about I'm it. I'm very glad. I'm glad because yeah, I'm glad there's just a knee sprain because like, dude, to be honest, like, look, look, of course, like, you know, you don't want injuries to happen or anything, but I thought it was like kind of funny when it happened. Like it's just, it's just like a, like just like third down and it's a UB draw just like you know like you know the not you know how the non-contact injuries go where it's like the guy just kind of like hops up and falls over you know what I mean like and it it was crazy because Lamar was coming in that next play it was just like why is this happening now like Lamar's coming in the next play he comes running out of the locker room Willis Reed moment yeah I do I do agree in the sense that there were so many different storylines with that. It was like, what's going on with Lamar? Is he taking a shit or is he is he getting IVs? Because I had seen and, multiple different things. And everyone said he's taking a dump. I don't know where that came from. I don't know enough to refute it, but I also um, it was it was uh because the way he was moving in the locker room, it looked like you were just like kind of like you were like uh, uh dude, also, prairie dog and then just but let me add, um so r- what was the storyline of Rams Chiefs? Oh, this is super. This is a potential Super Bowl rematch. Well, guess what? They didn't play each other in the Super Bowl. So you know. Um, but but I, I thought it could have been looked at as the next two great teams. Like at the moment, the but, next but, two but great not. teams. But what is it this year? The Ravens needed that game, and the Browns really wanted it. And it was division, and it was heated, and it was this, and it was that. And both teams, like the Browns, can be legit, or the Ravens can make the playoffs, and it's just. Boom, these teams freaking need this game, you know, and that's why it was so great to me. It's not two two teams that are going to have a bye duking it out, you know, for fun. Uh, no, I completely get that. And 
that was a game that when I was watching it, I'm like, and Lamar's missing and Baker and the Browns offense are scoring. I'm like, yo, this is like the end. This we're looking at the end of the season, probably for the Ravens at this point, because they, they don't win this. And it's, it's really tough to see them. Oh, and lest I forget all the missed field goals and stuff, you know, and that's just something that just like adds to it. Just all the craziness, you know, when it was like, when the Browns are dropping, it was 34 20 and the Browns are driving it. And maybe I said this, maybe I was thinking this after it was 34 26 and they got the two to make it 34 28. And I'm like, wow, this is like, and this is not the first time I've thought this in the last couple of weeks. Wow, this is playoff intensity right here, you know? And you had the crowd too in Cleveland. Yeah, good. You crowd. could actually, you good could actually, hear, yeah, you could actually hear people and like it was like an, you. They would cut to the fans and the fans would be going crazy and it's just like they, it kind of felt like like the fans. Back. The fans went through like the the five stages of grief several times, like, <laughs> yeah. like because because it's like three separate instances where you look at the fans just like this. You know what I mean? But yeah. of course, there were moments where the fans were going nuts. Man, it's just crazy. In the back and forth, especially in those last couple of minutes, you know, Browns go down, they take the lead, the Ravens come back down, Trace gets injured, Lamar comes back in, or no, uh, Browns tied it, I'm trying to remember the series of events, and Lamar comes in, and and then they take the lead, and then the Browns come down, tie it, and then they go, then the Ravens come back again, and Justin Tucker hits that field goal for the win. And, and then, that was a bomb. That yeah. was a bomb in, in Cleveland in what I assume were not ideal conditions. You would have yeah. to assume. I'd have to assume that, especially in late in mid-December. That was a bomb. And that's why he's the GOAT. Like, he, he's probably the greatest of all time for kickers. We can get into that debate if we want like later. But Gustowski, Vinatieri, and I have – here's my pick for the underrated. The most underrated kick of all time is Greg the Leg to send the Rams to the Super Bowl from like 64 yards against the against the Saints. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, I know that's no, but that's still it's pressure, and nobody talks about that anymore because the, the obviously the pass interference call that set up yeah, yeah. set that up. Uh, but, exactly. Well, it didn't set up that particular kick, but that set up that situation. This is this is what I always do. This and now we're getting really off topic, but but you know this is what I always tell Saints fans um, when they say that they got robbed. No, you didn't. I mean, yeah, you had crappy calls, but like, like, look, you had the ball in overtime against the Rams. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do. I think it was OPI on Kyle Rudolph last year. Yeah, but you had the ball, and Drew Brees fumbled inside the ten. This is you. I know there are bad calls, but this is you. So, um, it's a pendulum. Everybody gets bad calls. Nobody gets a hundred percent of the good and, calls. And they get some glaring bad calls, but uh, if you don't want to take any ownership, then. You, fine you know shoot yeah. yourself but you should yeah no i i think it becomes a difference when you get the ball in both instances the vikings game and the rams game they got the ball in overtime they didn't, they didn't get the ball in the, i don't think they hit the ball in the vikings overtime although i could be wrong okay i'm i yeah well we can we don't it, but, but yeah they've but had, they they had, had chances they, they made their own mistakes not just the refs that's really the main point okay all right um but, as i was but, looking through this but, sleep, yeah, without hanging back as I, was, yeah. as I was looking through this, like, there are a bunch of games where you look at it and it's like the loser of this game is done. I, I know we're getting to that point in the season, week 15, you're starting eliminating teams. But oh, there yeah. are a lot of games where you look at teams playing each other and there are teams where loser is – it's a loser leave home, loser goes home game. And honestly, and you sent me – and of the five games that we're about to talk about, not only are three of them – yeah, th- I, I would say three of the five you sent me – both teams would be done if they lost. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So, And so without further ado, Dolphins minus two and a half, the last I saw as of very recently, yep. against the New England Patriots. Um, the Dolphins 
looked good last week against the Chiefs. They held their own. You know, they got down 30 to 10, and then you look away for a second, and they managed to cover the spread, so that was cool. Um, remind me what the Patriots did last week. Uh, shit, shit the bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, lest I forget, this is a rookie QB situation. <laughs> yeah, that, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, yeah, this is honestly, that's my like biggest takeaway looking at this. This is the rookie thing, and you said that a couple weeks ago, and then it was 45 nothing. Bill is, I think, now 21 and four against rookie quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I, yeah. it'll be uh, first the first round of Bill versus Tua. The first time they played, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, not him. I was impressed. Uh, I was kind of impressed with Tua. Uh, I thought coming out, the one thing I was looking at in that Chiefs game was, does he look like he belonged on the field with Mahomes? And given his, he doesn't have the best weapons, the best offensive line, doesn't have any running backs. I, I, th- I think he did pretty well in that. I, it's tough to see him having a good game in this one. Yeah, the offense kind of suck. The Dolphins look. Yeah, yeah, they have one good receiver. Gusecki's a good tight end. No running backs, no second receiver, a bad offensive line. It's tough to see. It's tough for me to see him having a good game in this one. Great secondary. New England allows the eighth fewest passing yards per game, and their weakness is in the run game. That's why the Rams just destroyed them because they're able to run the ball. They were able to run the ball over them. Miami's offensive line rush game is really bad. They're the sixth worst in sixth worst in rush yards per game. Uh, I, I oh, see that game was on Thursday. Yeah. That's why I don't remember. Oh, okay. You know, uh, I thought I thought that you were just you were looking for the shit the bed thing. <laughs> No, I was being dead ass. Um, yeah. Okay. Um. You know, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna show some personal growth here, and despite and despite the Dolphins clearly being the better roster, I'm just gonna take Patriots because what you know why not? It's like sure. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, I. 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 The one thing I love about this for the pad size is Miami's rush D is 11th worst in rush yards per game and allowed allowed, and New England is the fifth best rushing team in rushing yards per game. I think you know, that, it, that's a that's that's how the Patriots beat you. If you can't stop the run and they can run on you, and then you can't run on them and are, are forced to pass. This will be a really fun game because there's also a lot of expatriates on the Dolphins. Not yeah. not forgetting Brian, Brian Flores himself. But yeah, Kyle Van Noy, uh, a bunch of other guys had left. Yeah, recently. It, exactly. Van, Van Noy and a bunch of other guys. I agree. I could only name him. But there <laughs> are. Okay, next one: Seattle going to Washington. It'll be interesting to see who's starting for Washington. It seems like there's optimism that uh, that Alex Smith will be there right now. The line is Seattle minus five and a half. Um, man, the football team defense is amazing. The Seattle just beat a team by 30, which is very atypical for them. So one might argue that they are due for a close game. Uh, I think this will probably be ugly. I think this will probably be ugly like the Giants game. The only difference is I think the Seahawks will win it. Yeah, I – I don't know if Washington's offense will be able to put enough pressure on them to score more points and get them in those obvious passing down situations. The Seattle offense I'm talking about. Um, right. I was interested to look at like where these teams ranked. I like to look at like where they're passing offense versus passing defense, rushing offense, rushing defense on both sides. And you have really a con like you have two strengths on strengths and then weakness on weakness in the sense of Seattle's pass offense number seven, and then Washington's pass D is number three, and then Washington's passo is number twenty-five, and Seattle's pass D is number thirty-two. So you have both these like weaknesses versus weakness and strength versus strength. It'll be really interesting to see what side comes out on top. I don't know if they can match up with the receivers 
Washington, I don't believe can match up with the receivers on Seattle consistently enough where the offense puts up enough points to put pressure on Russell Wilson to have to, to have to cook. Agreed. Okay. Uh, NFC North battle between the second and third best teams in that division, Chicago going to Minnesota, Minnesota favored by three and a half. This is the definition of a winner go home game, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. of, of the, of the five games, of the three games that you said that you thought were winner home, go home games, this is this is it. This is. But the, it but the right thing now. is, but the thing is, you could win and still go home. You know, mm-hmm. um, man. Let's talk about the beating that the Bears put on the Texans last week. And honestly, allow me to do a quick Texans aside. It was painful to watch. Like painful to watch them continue to try to make things happen and to watch Deshaun get sacked over and over again. You know, in some ways it was almost like, huh, maybe you guys should stop. Like, like he got hurt earlier in the game, came back, God knows why they're getting their asses kicked and got sacked another five times. What the hell are you thinking? Who is this for? Um, crazy. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure, look, Deshaun's a tough kid. I'm sure he wanted to go on himself. So, you know, it is what it is. But, it's- um, it sucks that they don't have their first pick. So it's like you can't even like sit them and be like, yeah, we're tanking or whatever. They only yeah. have their first or second round picks. That is freaking crazy. Just sacked over and over again by a reinvigorated Bears defense. And that's the thing. The Bears looked amazing and the Vikings looked okay. And now the Vikings are favored because why not, I guess. Oh, you know. Feels like a trap line. Of course, it feels like a massive trap line, but I still might take the points and run with the Bears just because, like, yeah, so, yeah. Some of the trap lines I see through, and some of them I just say, "This is a trap. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk into it anyway." And this is <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to look at Mitch Trubisky and how he's been playing the last two games: four touchdowns, zero picks, seventy-four percent completion percentage, and pass rating over hundred in both games. They're two and zero. You'd be hard pressed to get me to praise Mitch when. The Bears' first play from scrimmage was an 80-yard touchdown, mm-hmm. and then it was a bunch of, you know, their defense did all the work for him. You know, I, th- I thought you're, Mitch didn't need to do anything in this past week. But it, that that that's their recipe. I'm not saying they win because of Mitch, but that's yeah, their that – like, if he's able to work within the confines of that offense. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins, you know, if he throws a pick early, he's the type of guy who can get it rolling and not in a good way. You know what I mean? He can yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. Um, like – yeah, the Vikings are just so prone. They roll one way or the other. It's like like Dalvin runs and play actions and boom, 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 or it's pick and fumbles and blah, 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 And right? now they got they have the kicker problems, as we saw in that Tampa Bay game. Dan I Bailey know. couldn't hit the couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> um, but no, I looked at that and like over their last five games, they have three wins and two losses. Their wins were an OT win against Jacksonville. This is Minnesota, a okay. one point win versus Carolina and a six point win versus Nick Foles, where they had 19 points on offense. And then their, th- their losses were to Dallas by three points and Tampa Bay by 12 points. I don't know wow. if they're really good. And that's where teams. what? How do they keep playing bad teams? I don't know. It's, it's shaving up well for them where they're able to rebound and, but you look at it now, and I don't know. It's t- I, I'm hard-pressed to pass on the three-and-a-half points from Chicago in that instance. I agree. Okay, so I, I have a hypothetical for you. If Trubisky goes 3-0 and over the next three games at Minnesota, at Jacksonville, and then home versus Green Bay and plays well, they make the playoffs, and then they lose in the playoffs by about – like in a high-scoring game. Okay, let's say like 28-24 to yeah. whoever. Does he get – like what do you do? 
do you um, still like is, I, this, is this the last year of his contract i believe so i, I believe I, i'd have to think so because everybody else in that in that that's that class signed so so what comes first the draft or free agency so okay so he has his he has his uh his fifth year option after this do you pick it up oh yeah so so yeah you pick it up and you you keep your eyes open in the draft if your guy's there you take him and then you find a way to get rid of foals or whatever and then you have you know you maybe maybe move to that rookie whoever he is or you don't even take him um I think Trubisky playing well. Here, here's what Trubisky playing well can buy you: enough time to not have to panic draft a QB, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. Just the like the the different sides of the Trubisky, the Trubisky truthers, and then the people that just think he's awful. And it's just it's interesting to see the what, clash and the different wait, what's the, what's the ups and downs. What, what, what's it's the somebody that, that, that thinks he that thinks he's very that he's the guy that he's good, okay. or that like Matt Nagy's the problem, or the fact that they don't have a run game that and they don't really have one. Like their offensive line's not great. They do have the weapons for him to be successful, in my opinion. But you know, you know, and I'm going to use this to transition into our next game. And you can talk. Look. A quarterback is not responsible for all of your problems, but the right quarterback can cover up many of them. And so allow me to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and about the, about um, the Jalen Hurts, who no interceptions and no sacks. Now, Carson Wentz was the league leader in both of those categories, which, as I always say, means that he was bad when he threw it and bad when he didn't. So, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty damning evidence. Yeah. Um, Dude, and I don't care what anybody says. I do not care. I didn't like Jalen Hurts in college, but the fact is he didn't he didn't turn the ball over once. Um, and team seems to play better when he plays QB. And the fact is that for three halves of football now, we've looked really good. And let's not forget that those three halves were against the Saints and the Packers, and those are the two best teams in the conference. So um you, you know, let's go. Let's go. I'm in. If we win this game against the Cardinals, and then we have a game against the football team week 17, we're back. We're making the playoffs. I really think that, you know, like, especially if Seattle can beat the football team this week, we finish seven, eight and one The football team finishes seven and nine and we beat them in week 17. We're in. It was interesting watching the game. Cause you brought up last week about the, the different vibe or energy that Jalen Hurts brought to the team. And I definitely felt like I saw that, especially like, I don't know. It just felt like it clicked more. It clicked more on the team. You said the defense looked rejuvenated, and they did because I they weren't putting they weren't putting bad situations where they're on a short field or a quick exactly. change. And then the offense. I mean, Miles Sanders got going eighty yard to eighty yard touchdown that he had, which was really nice. You you know, not all of it. Like the defense looking rejuvenated. I'm glad that you said. It. I'm glad that you clarified because of the um, situation thing. Because it doesn't have to be this this deep ingrained. Jalen Hurts is a QB, and now the defense goes, okay, now it's time to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have, it's not like that. It doesn't have to be like that. But it, but it can be the reality is that rather than going three and out every single time or worse, like picking out, mm-hmm. um, now, now we have the ball and we're moving the ball. And especially in that first half, I mean, we should have been up 20 at, at the end of the first. And then, oh, look, the second half, I mean, you know, look, I mean, Saints are a good team. You're not going to hold them down yeah. for 40, for 40, what is it? 60 minutes, 60 minutes. And, wow. And, I don't know. And our, yeah. Think about basketball. 48, <laughs> yeah. Our, and our team, you know, our offense died a little bit too in the second half. But look, but even so, if you want to exclude that second half, 
you take the second half against Green Bay, you take the first half against New Orleans. Holy crap. That's not a team you'd want to play in the playoffs. Agreed. And I'll, I'll make that same point where with the situational things, and I'm just going to quickly tie in the Giants because the Giants, Daniel Jones wasn't full, wasn't 100%, and he put the, and the offense wasn't able to move the ball. And it just put, kept putting the team in bad, in the defense in bad situations. The first two drives, Arizona had it in Giants territory throwing the score. And I think they came away with six points in both those, or it was either six or 10. They only scored one touchdown out of it. But tying back to the Eagles, you can't have like, that's that's losing football right there and that's how you put your team your defense in bad situations and you start to log those snap log those snaps and they get to start to get beaten down and then later in the games they start to they they're not able they're just too tired and aren't able to hold on those big plays and the eagles were able to do that so but do, do you do you agree with me on what i was saying about like like what if we won this week and then like i said like i like you know with the schedule and the football team the giants i don't know how it happened how, how do I now all of a sudden think the Giants have no chance of making the playoffs? Like, what happened there? It was, it was a mix of – and we'll get back to the Eagles-Cardinals game after I say this. It was a matter of Daniel Jones just wasn't right. And it, it was – an epitome of it was there was a third down play. It was, I think, about third and five. And there was a lane for him to run, and he just didn't take it. And I, I think it's just his, his calf or whatever – what he what he's injured with is just not right. And it's just – it hampers and, – and this offense is already not explosive at all. Jason Garrett's not – not really great as an offensive but, coordinator. I agree. I agree. Well, I, I agree with all that, but like, I'm not even talking about in-game perception. I'm talking. I'm talking out of game perception. I'm talking about three, like two weeks ago. I was like, "Holy crap, this team's making the playoffs!" And then they beat the Seahawks, or maybe after they beat the Seahawks, I was like, "Holy crap, this team's making the playoffs!" And then maybe the football team beat the Steelers, and now they're in first in the division. And mm-hmm. like, like yeah, all well, that's where it flips. Like, yeah, they won, they won two games that they weren't that you wouldn't expect them to win. All the well, that's the reason I asked because all of a sudden in my head, like, um, yeah, two weeks ago when we did this, like, I was like, um, the, the Giants are going to make the playoffs. You know what that was? Cause that might've been like last Sunday, like two Sundays ago before the football team played the Steelers in like that weekday game, yeah. but after the Giants beat the Seahawks. And if you think about what's happened since then, the football team have won two games and the Giants have lost one. So I guess that would explain it. Yeah, and and the division's so tight at this point. It's it's it really flips like that where you anyway. win a game that you're supposed to. Yeah, but going back to this game, Arizona, yeah, favored by six and a half in this one. Um, I think um, the, if the Cardinals lose this game, you, you you everybody who 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 said a lot of crazy stuff about uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler, it, like I'm not saying that I that either of these guys aren't the answer, but. But the, the way that they were being talked about when they were three and zero, people might have to uh, backtrack a little bit because all of a sudden these guys look like they might end up going eight and eight, which is like you know two games better than last season. Um, so, and you add DeAndre Hopkins, all the you it, added. It's like yeah, wait a minute, we're actually the same team, and we thought we were not. But yeah, and I understand it's like yeah, it's a super tough division, and like I mean they are objectively better than they were last year. But I'm just saying. Uh, there was a brief moment there where you thought they were going to go 11 and five. And that's clearly not the case. And when you look at the playoff picture for this one, I mean, the Cardinals are seven and six. They're the last wild card spot. And then you have the Vikings bears right there, six and seven. This is a game where you'd like to keep that. This is a game where you need to keep that one game lead that you have over them in the, in the wild card race. And when you're favored by six and a half, I consider this to be, this was my third quote-unquote winner go home game. It's not quite a go home for the Cardinals. It's fully a go home for the Eagles. It's more of a win in your end for the Cardinals and a loser and a loser go home for the Eagles. You know. Mm-hmm. 
most likely, most likely. I'm looking at the Cardinal schedule right now, and this is most likely a win and in, but they then they'd have to play the Niners next week. That'd probably be the most likely thing. I, I'm, sure, win. I'm sure the math checks out that they could win this week and then go eight and eight, and then enough right things could happen. But mm-hmm. honestly, well, this is a game, this is a game where you just need to win. I think eight and eight could get in, especially with seven teams. As I'm looking, as you look at the playoff, as the playoff picture, it's really between them, the Vikings, and the Bears for one well, spot. One? For one spot, okay. Because I, I don't see the, I don't see Bucks going, zero three over the next three. You're counting for the fact there's seven playoff teams, right? Yeah, yeah, seven. Yeah, I'm looking at the playoff picture right now. Just checking. So and yeah, and right below the Bears are the Lions, and we all the Lions are going downhill. So. Hell no, hell no. Yeah. So it's really between those three teams, and the, yeah, this is a game that you just I, like that you should win and need to win. But when you so, talk about this game, yeah, as as far as the actual game is concerned, look, um, Darius Slay is probably like if Darius Slay doesn't get torched by D Hop, that'd be really nice. You know, you, know <laughs> you could argue that he didn't get torched by Michael Thomas, but you could also argue that Michael Thomas either A isn't elite anymore or B is just having a total wash season. I'm a little more inclined to say the latter before I totally write him off as no longer being elite. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a crap year through injuries and whatever else yeah. it may be. But um I mean, yeah. we're seeing with Christian McCaffrey, it's hard to put those together as those two really like they both had historic seasons. Yeah, it's yeah, two historic. You know, the only guy that does it is like Antonio Brown back in the Steelers days. Exactly, um, exactly. But I also attribute the fact that he has Taysom Hill. But getting back to this game, yeah, but you know, but, but he was putting up, he was putting in work with Teddy too last year. Yeah. Not that, not that that means. Although that's honestly, that should be used as a credit to Michael Thomas, not as a, not as a, oh, you did it with a backup last year. Why can't you do it this year? That's more yeah. like a wow, you really did it with a backup too. For me, I'm looking at the Cardinals are a top four rush offense and the Eagles are below league average in rush D for yards per game. And that was a thing that like when I looked at that, when I looked at the Eagles in years past, that was a staple of their team is the fact that they stopped the run. They, the weren't, great is, in, they weren't great in the past in the past game, but like the run game, they were they were stout. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I talk about this all the time with my Eagles fans friends is that we used to have an elite front seven. When we won the, when we won the Super Bowl, it was an elite front seven. Mm-hmm. Now it's just an elite front four. But we, we literally forgot about the linebacker position. It's like Alex Singleton and this guy number 50 who I never heard of who actually had a pick. Um, but, like, dude, we used to have Jordan Hicks and we used to have Michael Kendricks. Bradham. And, and, we, and we used to have Bradham, and those are studs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, sure, maybe they're not Patrick Willis, but they're pretty good, man. They're pretty, pretty good. And – these days, we treat them like we treat our receivers, which is where we pluck them off the practice squad. It makes me sick. And that's why, of course, of course, tight ends eat us, and of course, slot receivers eat us, and of course, running backs eat us. So, yeah. As a Giants fan, I've, I've, uh, I've lived through that, where the slot receivers, the tight ends, the running backs just kill you for I, probably about a decade for me. Um, it, it's a tough spot. I think, and it, it, I don't see it getting easier. I don't see – I see Arizona winning this game uh, like Vegas does. The six and a half is a lot. The six and a half is a lot. I don't, I don't know, man. You know, biased pick, but uh, don't sleep on us. That's all I have to say. Feel that? Okay. The, well, yeah, let's get to our last game. The marquee game. Potentially, some might say, you know, um, look, I'm going to give you a line, and I want you to pick the over-under. Mm-hmm. The number is four and a half times that the phrase potential Super Bowl matchup or – we may be seeing these two teams again in February. Four and a half by only the play-by-play and color commentator. Four and a half. Um, I, 
That that's that's such a good number. <laughs> that's such a good number. It was four. I'd hammer the over because I'd be one like per, one per quarter and maybe one more. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go over because I have to assume in the yeah. pre like before they before <laughs> they even the game even starts, they're gonna say this twice. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I wish Breeze was playing, but uh, maybe maybe New Orleans is happy he won't. I, this is oh, this is also a game where I think Taysom Hill actually can play well. I think so too. Um, I think, although it's a bit scary, the, the Chiefs' defense—the <laughs> the Chiefs' defense seems to be getting a little bit better. Which is, I was ragging on them for two weeks ago. I'm not too worried about the fact that the that the Dolphins ended up scoring 27. I'm more concerned about the fact that, they, that it was 30 to 10 at one point. If the Chiefs are ever up 30 to 10, the game is over. Mm. It was crazy that that game was 10 nothing, just like, or it was a 10 point deficit, just like the Super Bowl the last time they were in that Hard Rock in that Hard Rock Stadium, and then they came back. Like, I don't know. It's like that's the only team where you look at it is like, is this team like where you see them down by 10 or more, and you're like, what's the line on this? Because I, I want to take this, dude. Here's the thing. This is like a this is something that I've been trying to express for a while, but I think all of these good NFL teams are so much more comfortable playing from ahead. Duh, I get it. But like, but like, I, I do think it's a unique thing with, with these with these collection of good teams. I mean, allow me to rattle off some like some of the good teams. The Rams, clearly like a, a run heavy team. You know, um, a, a team that that needs to be in the lead, and they look great when they're in the lead. Because, and then you have Aaron Donald rushing and Rams. They look great when they're in the lead, and they look bad when they're not. Um, and the Seahawks are actually an exception. So I'll skip them for now. They're an exception. The Packers look way better when they're in the lead because they get the, you know, they get like the play actions going and yeah. that type of stuff. Um, the Saints, same thing. You know, the Breeze can't throw the ball like he used to. They have a difficult time playing from behind. The Bucks, the same exact thing. Um, and then let me go to let me go to the AFC because it's even worse there. Um, the Bills, a clear example, a very clear example. The Finns, if you want to count them as a good team, another example. Um, the Patriots, although they're not really a good team. Uh, of course, the, the Chiefs are the exception to the rule. The Steelers. Are Browns, Colts. Browns. And the Ravens, the Colts, and the and the Titans. And look at all of these teams. And I don't feel good about any of them coming back, unless except for the Chiefs and Seahawks. Agreed. Agreed. And, and maybe it's just because their quarterback position is, I mean, I guess you can't even harp it on just the quarterback because like, because we talked about the Packers and I don't think it's deniable that you can say that they're better. Like they are a lot more dangerous when they're ahead than when you, uh, when and you can't put them in the same category as Seahawks chiefs. You know what, you know what I honestly think it is. I picture all these teams running heavy play action and no one's biting on your play action when you're down 10. That's mm-hmm. what I think it is. Look, the bills love play action. The Titans love it. The Packers love it. And it doesn't work when you're down 10 because no one's falling for it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the Vikings. It really is. So for this, New Orleans, one of the best teams against the tight ends. They've only allowed about 42 yards per game to tight ends. Kelsey has only missed that mark one time this year. They have the number four pass D, the number four, number two rush D. New Orleans does Kansas City number one pass O. I'm inclined to take New Orleans plus three in this one. I, I think the fact that they can run this is a team that you can run on Kansas city is and Taysom Hill. That's what you, what he does. That's why he does better than, than he does obviously throwing the ball. And that's so, where, so what's the line on this game? Kansas city is favored by three. What? It's in new Orleans. Um, damn. You know, like you don't want to outsmart yourself and not take KC there. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah, that's my main takeaway. I, I, 
I'm, I'm, I probably will stay away. I honestly will probably bet this game. I want to stay away from it. If I'm, if I'm actually putting serious money on it, I'd stay away. I'd probably take New Orleans. I think the fact that Kansas City is a bottom ten rush rush offense, with the fact that New Orleans has a run heavy quarterback with a good offensive line and two really good running backs, able to keep Mahomes off the field, and it's still a very, it's still an elite defense on both sides, pass yeah. and rush. It's true. That's been playing money the past month or so. That is really true. All right. Um, we're, yeah, we're a bit short on time. So we're going to run through our three picks each of the week. Um, I'm hearing rumors that I went three and last week. Yep. Three and last week, 10 and five overall. I went one and two and I'm eight and seven overall. Five overall. I got to take my own advice. Are you the Pats? Um, Just nah. always above 10. <laughs> yeah, Just yeah. 10 and five, 11 um, and five. All right, so I'm going. I'm going with dogs this week. I'm going with the Broncos plus seven. I think they're playing the. Um, forgetting who now. Um, they're playing the Bills at home. Oh yeah, I just think um, the Bills have been too hot recently. Um, a couple times I've lost bets because I bet on good teams against the Broncos, and the Broncos really show up. They have a great defense, um, and so and that makes it hard to win by. And the mile high altitude, honestly, it's, yeah, it's yeah. different. And Drew Locke's been playing pretty well. Yeah, I just think it's a lot of points. I'm going to run through all mine. I'm going to go with the Jags plus 13. They're playing the Ravens um, in the same capacity. Yo, just because you look good for two weeks doesn't mean they're going to be every team by 30. And this and the Jags have a habit of keeping of losing by less than a touchdown. Um, and the final pick, this one I kind of hate for all the reasons we discussed earlier. The trap game, Bears plus three and a half. But at the end of the day, one team looked good, one team didn't. And, you know, look. but I have to say, whoever goes up 10 first, it's over in that game. I like the hook. I like the hook. I'd be yeah, less inclined. We, we love the free apps. Yeah. For me, I'm going Pats plus two and a half. Think they can run on the Dolphins. Don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to move the ball on them. Then I'm going Titans minus 10 and a half. They are playing the Detroit Lions. I don't expect Matthew Stafford to be there for that or to play for that game. So Chase oh, yeah? Daniel versus Tennessee. I saw he was that the, the Lions are not over quote overly optimistic that he will play. Mm-hmm. And then my last game, I was between these two. Mm, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going Steelers minus 12 and a half. First two again. The Bengals. I like Ryan it. Finley. I, I, I think I think this is where they get their anger out. They've actually had yeah, some time yeah. to rest. They like they've played three games, I think, in eleven days. I think they're able to rest now and they play on Monday night. So division think, game, like like division game, great opportunity to just hey, let's go beat the crap out of everybody's this. talking about this team. We we told you guys this team's overrated. They're not a real 11 and 0 team. Um but well, yeah, so and, and clearly they are not as seeing as they are now eleven and two. But. Exactly. Okay, uh, that's gonna do it for us. We will see you back next week. Thank you for listening. Until Peace. next time. Thank you, everybody.